do you know the meaning of thirsty? Yeah, we know the is meaning that, of thirsty. Is that a, uh, um, a slang that uh-huh. uh, means more than just wanting the quench? Oh, uh-huh. oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Quenching yes. in other ways. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Have you also owed Lee Kuan Yew $200,000? This is your daily catch-up. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So guys, as you can see, right, we don't have just one, but we have two guests with us on today's episode. We have Dr. Chi Soon Dran and Jade Rasif. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. So we're very lucky enough to uh, have Jade earlier on. So we already had an episode focused on her. So uh, today we're going to focus a little bit more on uh, Dr. Chi. Thank you so much for joining us. Good so, to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries. Maybe I can give you all some context on why I invited Jade to be here. You, she once told me that um, Dr. Chi had a book signing and, and she went for... I did, I did. Yeah. I went wow. down for you. Well, he was distributing books mm. um, and, and meeting people. It was like a walkabout, community walkabout at I think Bukit Batok because that's where he was contesting that year. Yes. And I and I came to get a signed copy of the book. You went down specifically for it happened to be around? You know, he doesn't tell you where... Okay, you don't tell people where you're going to be. You just say I'm around And I had to go... It's like Uncle Raymond. It is? Yeah. <laughs> it's like looking for Uncle Raymond. I had to go like coffee shop to coffee shop. He'll be like, yes. I'm at coffee shop at block three and then like we drive down to block three and then we're like, where's Chi Soon Dran? And like, where's the, where's the doctor? Where's I think the doctor? it was during the election campaign at that time yes, and we were just was. go flitting from one coffee shop to another. And they, it's like and a treasure hunt. Like some people didn't know what was going on because obviously it's just a coffee shop. So you have to go like table to table like, did this man come here? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see this man? Where is he? And then we'll check the like we'll check the Facebook live and he'll be like, I'm at this coffee shop now. And then we'll be like, okay, we gotta go. And then we like ran. <laughs> but we finally we finally found him and he was really nice signed our books. So what interested oh. you to wanna get a book signed? I just like um I enjoy your the way that you always stick to this internal value system and it's consistent and it's in the face of a lot of criticism and a lot of pressure. So I like how consistent you have been on, let's say, 377A. It's been something that you've been talking about since 2006. For example, the hijab issue, something you've been talking about since 2008. And I mean, we are seeing a lot of these policies that you're pushing for originally come to fruition now. And I don't know if you feel vindicated. I don't know if you feel a bit annoyed, resentful, because when he first brought them up, Mm. He faced a lot of pushback. Yep. I think for one of the, he was, might have been jailed. I think in another case, it might have cost SDP an election. I don't know. Yeah. So for those who don't know Dr. Chi as well as Jade does. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, Dr. Chi, do, do you mind just quickly, like just introducing yourself to the young people of the interwebs sure. and also what you're best known for perhaps? Well, I, I got into politics, I think, even before some of you guys were born. So that, that's, that's a, a, a long time already. And I've just yeah. been at it for quite some time. <laughs> and previously, as my previous life, I was a um, lecturing at the Thank National you. University of Singapore. Then 
I don't know what possessed me and got me into opposition, and then uh, thereafter things just kind of went downhill from there. As far as my career was concerned, <laughs> yeah. but in terms of just yeah, 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 bringing things up, issues and fighting for you know the rights of Singaporeans, that's been it has its moments. Uh, it's been very gratifying in that sense, despite everything that's happened uh, in between. So I've just got to. I, to put it very euphemistically, a very storied life, I suppose. Indeed, uh, indeed. Uh, earlier, before we actually started filming, I heard like JP kind of asking you like if you've been on podcasts and like, actually I just found out that even though we've been doing a podcast for almost two years, you're one of the OG podcasters in Singapore. You had a podcast called A Typical Singaporean as early as 2005, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> I, I barely remember something, <laughs> but you, but you, you, got, to, you yeah. got to understand, I, I kind of straddled between the two eras, uh, the ones before social media existed. And that was just barren, it was this desert, like there was nothing like this that mm. you could actually get on social media. Then came about circa, I think 20, was this 2016, right? Or was it, I'm sorry, I've got that wrong, maybe 2005 or something when YouTube, Facebook all started coming about. Right. And that was an explosion of, of, of social media and then podcasts came about. So right. that's the, the two uh, situations that I've been in. So if we take it back a little bit, right? Like you, since you were you were a lecturer, right? Then what kind of sparked your interest in going getting to like politics? Like that involved in politics? Yeah, like was it, there a specific issue? Yeah, I, I suppose when I was in my late teens and there was just pre-NS days. I don't know if you remember, but they dis- wanted to come up with this, PAP wanted to come up with this policy called the Mother's Graduate Scheme, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. where uh, uh, women who were intelligent, they were encouraged to have more children. And women who were not intelligent, you know, you Less stop it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were given a lot of pressure to make sure that you don't reproduce and, and, and so on. And the way they defined intelligence was whether you had a university degree or not, mm. okay? And at that time, I just found it absolutely repugnant. I just kind of social engineering. So I, I, I brought it up. I wanted to speak up about it. In fact, then I written a letter to the Straits Times. And at that time, we still could use pseudonyms. So Straits Times <laughs> called me back and said, just want to confirm your identity and show who you, you are. Yeah. And I got coffee and I hung up. Oh, <laughs> so the letter yeah. never got published. And then, but it just riled me up tremendously. I just, you know, I just remember trying to bring it on different uh, um, forums. And then after that, I left for um, the US uh, to do my degree and so on and so forth. And then when I came back, that feeling still hadn't left me. And I just felt that, you know, they just, we had, we, we, there was just no space for us to have conversations like this. Yeah. Mm. Right. You know that human behavior is complex. Society is complex. There cannot be one answer that fits everything. Right. So I just felt that we shouldn't, we needed debate, we needed discussion, we needed dialogue but it wasn't forthcoming at all. So, you know, um, decided to throw my hand in the ring and just joined the opposition. Um, and the rest they say is, is history. <laughs> you, like you, you said about joining opposition, there, there were a lot of parties at that time, but what specifically about this SDP that made you want to join? I, I guess at that time, it's not like the present where you've got, you know, a, a myriad of, of parties to pick and choose from. At that time, there were very few. And then you got to remember at that time, PAP was at its height a very autocratic kind of rule and you just don't step out of line. So look, it was far and few and far in between the parties. So at that time, you know, uh, I just saw some of the principles that the Singapore Democratic Party um, advocated and that appealed to me. Mm. Um, 
and for better or for worse that I just got into it and then decided to hey make the best of it so you talked about like very briefly about your story like political career like what do you think were maybe some like iconic moments of your of your past if you were to like you just call him iconic I would, I would call the moments iconic. iconic. Yeah, iconic. Yeah. There was a note here that had, his, <laughs> had a photo of you that said... Oh my God. <laughs> iconic, yes. Iconic. You're right, iconic. I don't know. During that time, I suppose it was um, a, a period where, as I said, unlike right now, you just couldn't get in edgewise, a word in edgewise in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, you were at the mercy of, of not just the ruling party, but the... But the uh, um, uh, media as well yeah. and I, I just remember at that time I had gone to um, I just felt we needed a breakthrough in terms of our ability to gather together you know as citizens mm. yep. uh, and, and be able to speak freely um, so I went down um, to Raffles place and I just picked up one of the small little portable mics and put it in front of, uh, and then just got myself a, This uh, was uh, before Hong Ling Hong Ling That's Park. right. That, that's correct. <laughs> I thought you were going to start basking. <laughs> <laughs> I would have preferred to do that actually but given my limited talent I think I'd better stick to just speaking instead of not doing anything else. But in any, in any case I just put my, my the speaker over there and started talking and I was very very nervous at that time. Not because you know I was going to be in public but I was just afraid that nobody would yeah, up, right? Show up. How old were you at that time? I Ish. guess that was about 20 years ago. So I was in my 40s. La. Oh, okay. There's the no 40s. way to even announce that that's happening. You no, there was something at that time. The f- best thing that we had was the fax machine. Oh. If you oh, know wow. what that is, right? What's that? Yeah, yeah. And there was teletext as well. You just put it out, you know, things were just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know you could put things up teletext. Teletext at that time. It, it right. existed. So, no, no, no. I, it wasn't. Yeah, a, yeah. You, could, you could not put it up, but you know, oh, okay. I, I like think once that... black screen with like colored text. And on, on TV, the, on you, you could just turn it on to that yeah. channel and you could see text coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just made an announcement I just said I was going down there and, and you know again reach was very limited but very soon a crowd built up and I just started talking to them about public housing about taxes and so on about our freedoms to be able to express ourselves as citizens enshrined in our constitution no less but of course then very you know in a few minutes the police came and just gave me a warning and then I announced that next week the following week the same time same place I was going to be back and again, the police came and then thereafter I was charged. They, they stopped you under what? Um, what under the Public Entertainment uh, License oh, Act. Oh, I see. So but you were not intimidated. Yeah. But <laughs> you, you know, it was not. Yeah, if you started singing, it would be okay. Uncle but the thing is, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I had started singing, probably they would have been softer on me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, after that, they, they, they uh, prosecuted me for. But you see, that's the whole idea. You see, I, I keep saying the same thing over. What is legal is not always right. Mm-hmm. what is illegal is not always wrong and I just wanted Singaporeans to think through some of these issues and why is it important for us in a democracy that we aspire to not just in between elections where we go to the uh, voting booth and cast up but in between those are right. freedoms and rights that we as citizens have uh, should um, exercise and this is where I'm saying uh, and that's another side of society that we must aspire to and not just you know, right. be just so so enthralled with making uh, make uh, um, money and then having the paychecks come in. That's all important. I understand. Yeah, but there's something which we must aspire to to a high level of existence, isn't it? I mean, I don't want to get all 
philosophical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, I think that's something that human beings, we just don't uh, um, eat and have a roof over our heads. We aspire to be something. W- would you say then, I mean, after taking in what you mentioned, right? would you say then one of your, or your, your objectives for entering politics and then thereafter entering opposition was not so much to take over government, but you just wanted to have debate. You wanted this cause. At that time, you know, our politics was so rudimentary, was so unformed right? Um, it's almost like you've got to fight for your rights first before you can even aspire to. Because what's the point? You wait for every four or five years and the, the government comes in and puts in all sorts of um, rules and saying, you cannot say this, you cannot say that, or you're not allowed to say this here and there. And, and after a while, you see, it's, you know, people going to the voting booth is just so meaningless, right? They're uninformed, you know, and, and they don't know what the issues are all about. Uh, and then they feel very nervous. They feel very intimidated. So when you go in there, is that the, is that you have elections now? But I remember in Iraq, Saddam Hussein, right? If you remember him, uh, when he had uh, uh, give people elections, he won ninety percent or ninety eight percent of the vote or something like that. So you've got to be questioning. There are elections, and then there are elections. Right, right. They're different. I think just carry on from like John's like question, right? Because I think some people believe that in order to enact some change and you already have this strong ruling party that if you get elected, then at least you can be in parliament, you can actually like enact some of that change. Did it ever cross your mind to actually join the ruling party and enact change from within? Believe it or not, I was actually invited to join the young oh. PAP oh, wow. when I was at young the uh, uh, <laughs> oh, nice. NUS at that time. And actually at some point, I, I, I joined the, um, um, the RC, or was it the residence committee? Yeah. Yeah. Leaders, uh, yeah. But you know, trying to see if you could you know, effect change from there. And then, you know, you find yourself, by the time you actually get into that whole system, you've got to be able to wake up and look yourself in the mirror and say, I haven't changed. I've uh, I've changed the system. But it's not always that easy. By the time to work your way into, you know, the the rank and file over there and be able to rise up along the change to be effective, right? And advocate change. You, You must be careful that you don't get transformed yourself. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I guess you could always advocate for change, but when it comes down to like voting, you're still bound by the party whip. So you don't actually yeah. have much, you can't actually make a statement that, that affects people who are watching. Sure. Let them know where your values are. Mm. Did I you, think yeah. there are though, I think there are politicians in the PAP right now who don't 100% believe in what they have to vote for by party whip but I do think that they do try to affect change from the inside. Mm-hmm. And they do bring it up in the debates. La. Yeah, and they do yeah. bring it up in the debates. You do see that. Yeah, because I think it was quite interesting. Like many people brought up like say Jameis, for example, right? They, they, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Jameis. Jameis for you. Dr. <laughs> excuse me, yeah, excuse me, Dr. Jameis. Like a lot of them mentioned like, oh wow, like he looks like a typical PAP candidate, but he actually joined opposition. But what a lot of people may have forgotten was that you were one, like there was a lot of interest when you joined the opposition because you were one of like the first um, graduate from like a local university to actually stand against the PAP. Like what was that climate kind of like? What, Unlike now, it was, it was very difficult. It was intimidating. And I knew that some of my colleagues in the department were taking bets to see how, <laughs> when, I'll, when, when I'll get the boot. Right. Oh, wow. um, so it, it was that predictable. You, you just didn't do it at that time. It wow. was just, and you're talking about early 1990s. Okay. So that political climate at that time was still very different from what, what you have now already. You, you know, when you talk about the two eras, I yeah. would say really it, it's a stark difference. Yeah, because I was, I was curious to know, like, did you feel very alone at that point of time? 
or were there any particular individuals that were together with you in this? You know, at that time, even at that, I just remember also, you know, even my department colleagues, you know, they give you a very wide berth when right. they, you know, later when they found out. And, you know, you just didn't go out and do, do a, a, a live chat on Facebook because it didn't exist at that time. Yeah. So my only recourse was to either, uh, you know, write in a party newspaper or publish books. And even then, for example, Jay, when you were there, it was tremendously difficult. P- people like you wouldn't have just come up and say, would you sign my book? I remember it was just center point. At that time, it was the place, la, the hangout for oh. young people. <laughs> <laughs> it gives you an idea how long that was ago, right? It's not bad now, okay? They renovated recently. But at that time, you know, uh, what's it, Orchard Central or didn't exist. It was just right, a, right. A, a car park yeah. over there. Phoenix Hotel opposite. Yes. And was, you know, so I stood at <laughs> cent- outside the center point there. It was just hawking my book. And a couple of people would come out and buy it from me. La. But then most of the people would see it and then just either just ignore you or they just walk and then yeah. stop and then they go the other side of that. But as they do it, direct selling la, may not be the politics or so. By the time, there was no online <laughs> selling at that time. You know, they might think exactly. it's direct selling. Yeah, they just sell insurance or what. So. <laughs> 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 I mean, you okay. sold fire, fire, fire extinguisher. extinguisher. <laughs> but they open yeah. the door. So, I mean, is that just social media or do you think that that is because now, because of the kind of almost crazy politics and political stability that we did enjoy back in the 90s that we are at a position where we are wealthy enough to dare to dream because it's very hard to dream when you're still thinking about do I have a roof over my head? Do you mm-hmm. have food on my yeah. table? I, I, I think it's, it's a perhaps maybe a mixture of, of, of two. Lah. But I would say predominantly it was because the ability to communicate with each other mm-hmm. and not feel that, you know, my, my views and my thoughts are, you know, just in the minority. Right. But when able to get on social platforms and say, hey, you know, you don't see things, view things so differently from I do. And then you can start having chats here and there mm-hmm. and find yourself, hey, I may not be in that small minority. And then, you know, people can coalesce around ideas and views and so on and so forth. And then they tend to just become just a little bit more emboldened. Right. Uh, not in terms of just airing your, your, your views, but also in the way you vote. So that, that social media, I wouldn't downplay it. It's got, it, it made a tremendous impact have you seen yourself evolve? Like, like, cause now now we have like ministers starting like TikTok accounts and things like that. Have you seen yourself like evolved your like? I mean, through the years, lah. Like, in, in terms, terms of, of how you out. communicate your message, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to lah. In this day and age, yeah. you just got to. <laughs> I don't know. Do you do you like hate yourself or do you? You know what I mean. But but short of me doing cartwheels and and jigs and, and <laughs> dancing and, and so on and so forth. You, you, I'm you, just sorry for them. Also, you, you know, know what? You, I, 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 I saw don't want it also. You know. I, I saw a really nice, I thought it was adorable, by the way, I liked it. It was a TikTok of you and I think it was a Doja Cat song. <laughs> it was so good. Um, it, do you make it yourself? You know the one that goes like, uh, Why don't you, you, you know that? Da, 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 da. John is not no? that cute. No, but you know, no. but I'm on TikTok. Though. Yeah, no, he, he did a TikTok. It was with you and Paul. <laughs> was that like, I, it was like, who, who, who is going to vote, go into parliament? And it's like, ding. And then it's like, <laughs> it was so good. I like this so much. You see, some of the, the my younger members, they come up and say, why don't you just do this? Yeah. So I don't know what is going to oh, come out in the end. you don't know the final product? Yes, yes. Right. So you just and do you this and then you just- go and watch it. No, but can you imagine from, so from getting a speaker to speaking out in public to now doing- we're TikTok dancers <laughs> like in the span of 30 yeah, I don't know where we're going with this though, yeah. to be honest. No, but we're it's, going back yeah. it's not just that you guys we need to be on Bayam Kings 
Yeah. Uh, you read of your Beyang King's TikTok. There is yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. Aunt, the aunties in the oh comments. They are thirsty. They're thirsty. <laughs> yeah. He did one where he was changing in the back. Wait, hang on. Taxi. Somebody asked me, do you know the meaning of thirsty? Yeah, we know the is meaning that, of thirsty. Is that a, uh, um, a slang that uh-huh. uh, means more than just wanting the quench? Uh-huh. Oh, 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 yes. yes. Quenching yes. a in other ways. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Do you know? Okay. You want to guess? I remember somebody told me that. <laughs> I've forgotten it already. I think make, it's a, make a best guess based on the sentence that she's given you. <laughs> yeah. That they want to know more. I, ah, I'm just trying to. Uh, 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 is that she. a wild wow, wow, uh, let's, let's just say. Uh, you have protected your innocence, that's why. Titillated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> t- a lot of women were titillated in right, the comments. Okay, I, I got mm. you now. Titillated. Yeah. But I think nice. there's definitely. I mean, from, oh, from the outside looking you. in, and as someone who has listened to your old speeches, I would say one thing that I do notice is that you're a lot more tactful in the way that you say things, a yeah. lot more measured in the way that you say things. Would you agree or would you disagree? Do you are you more mellow or do you make sure you're more measured or are you just like no I'm the same? I, I I guess it's also the the circumstances and you know uh, you've been confronted with like back then. I remember because we had conducted a protest outside Parliament and we were just saying we told them we were going to march from there to you know Orchard Road and then they confronted us sure. and they physically dragged us into the police cars and so on and so forth. So those kinds of uh, what uh, a life you had, oh! Yeah, wait, Wasn't no, that, don't that, interrupt. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Doctor yeah. G. Yeah. No, but but it's it's <laughs> you're you're right. You know, it's it's something very different right now. And now you can express yourself through social media, uh, and, and so you know you you tend to just it's a different medium, mm. right? And and you want to make sure that you explain yourself as clearly so that one pe- once people get onto you and listen to what you say, what you have to say, um, that they want to hear more of it and that you make sense to them, you see. So perhaps uh, the way you communicate. Like adding on to what, what Jade asked, right? Because I mean, even in that era, there has been, there have been many opposition politicians, right? Um, like Mr. Cham um, and Mr. Lo, which have been around, but they didn't get the level of flag that you got. What, what do you think? were maybe your key mistakes or maybe you don't see them as mistakes or what? what was yeah, I, I, I've just felt that at that time, just talking about elections was just, uh, uh, um, it didn't quite make sense. As I said, without the freedoms that came with uh, speech, it came with assembly, you can all the elections you want and it's not going to make a jot of difference, you see. So for me at that time, uh, I, made, uh, I just wanted to call for a reform of the political system Right, yeah. you have your elections department, yes. But what did your elections department do? Till today, it's still unsubsumed under the prime minister's office, and the redrawing of boundaries and so on. It's just so little transparency to it, you see. Mm. And so for that, at that time, I remember that I said, you know, we, ad- adv- we advocated for just not just on these issues, which are important. I agree, but more more than that, you've got to reform and look at the system that we were all uh, um, laboring under. Right. So at that time when the late JB Jayaratnam was still around, we had worked together. But of course, that really attracted the ire of the late Lee Kuan Yew. And he wanted to close us down. And, and so, you know, uh, you know JB Jayaratnam was also sued repeatedly, made a bankrupt. Um, for me, I was, I was um, prosecuted and jailed for even something like as, as simple as standing at Speaker's Corner. Hmm. Uh, and, and speaking on, on the, the hijab the issue, hijab on the Tudong issue. issue. And it came up and, and they uh, prosecuted me, prosecuted me for, for speaking on religious issues. 
And I told them that, that I wasn't. I was just advocating for uh, uh, um, religious humanity and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, understanding on for, uh, in all sectors of society, but that fell on deaf ears. Yeah. Right. It's very interesting because now it would, you know, it, the headline is uh, Dr. Chi speaking on religious issues, but I don't understand how it could have been seen as a crime when you were advocating for the right of a minority. Yeah. Mm. at no cost to the majority or to any other race. Mm. So mm. it was very funny, but the truth was so is so buried down behind the headlines that it's something that you don't see. So I guess, yeah, that's one of the great things about being able to just switch on your camera and explaining to the people who support <laughs> you and your stakeholders what really happened. Speaking of like the, you know, you, you, you were talking about being clamped down, going to jail, uh, getting the fines, even being declared bankrupt, right? But you're also like you're also a family man. You're not just a politician. You have kids, you have you have a wife. Like, how how do, how does that go? Like, how do you explain to them that they're like you know they they, they see that their dad might get jailed or this history? Mm. Like, how do you go about explaining that? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There was, I remember at that time, um, you know, uh, my kids, are, I think you're just about the same age. I know uh, you mentioned Lynn, that your daughter was the one who was yeah. like, oh yeah, that's the influence. And it's about the same age as you guys, my, my eldest daughter. But I remember at that time when they, they'd come to uh, um, the court, that went to prison to see me. And, you know, but they couldn't understand what was going on. So they were jumping around. Hey, hi, Papa, you know. And, <laughs> and I was on the other side of the screen because it was monitored. And then a couple of times they came to court and I had appeared in court and I was in a jumpsuit and, and, and shackles oh my. in my uh, um, ankles and my, you know. Oh. That, that's pretty hot. Yeah. So, but I couldn't talk to them. So mm. they saw me, they saw me shuffled in. But, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, you kids... Uh, I just you 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 know a lot more than parents give you credit for, that. So they knew and they didn't want to ask mom and say you know. So they they kind of felt bad too. But I remember at that time um, because I, we were being sued as well and I was we were bankrupt and so on. And I just Wait, remember, while you were in jail. Yes, yeah. all this all oh, occurring. Yeah. I, I've I've forgotten that the, the you know the timeline. Some of them happened concurrently right. and so on and so forth. I remember my, my uh, Anne Linda asked me, Papa, are we rich? <laughs> and, you know, I just didn't know how to answer, but she did once, are we poor? Mm. Right? right? She says, are we rich? And then because she sees people, you know, driving cars and everything, and that time I remembered uh, uh, that I had just rented this old van just to go and sell our newspaper and so on. So, uh, you know, she couldn't stay at home alone. So my wife and... and her had just ridden with us and it was just one of those rickety little old little vans that she came up <laughs> rickety and it, it took me aback so I was just trying to figure out how to answer her and I looked at her I collected myself and I said you know we are rich I am rich and that's because we have you you know and, and I don't measure wealth by just you know the amount of money that you make at the end of the month or you have in your bank account 
but I felt rich. I, I wasn't lying to her. I just felt with everything that possessed, not materially, that may not have been a lot, but everything in terms of my experience, what I wanted to do for the country, what I wanted to do for the people, and what I could do potentially for them when they grew up, for them to, to inherit at least a society where they could just have a little bit less, uh, a, a, a more democratic system where, you know, something that they could feel belong to um, yeah. as a country, society. I thought that was all the wealth I possessed. And I think I answered her truthfully. Do you but that was like, not what she was asking. Wow. <laughs> I, I guess, you know what I mean? She misunderstood. It's like, oh, she we're wealthy. Yeah, I, I don't know whether she understood, but she yeah. certainly does now. Yeah, Do you feel but like your wife is a G, honestly. I mean, a G is like <laughs> like a like a, what? How do you describe G? Great, like, like great, yeah. yeah, your wife though. <laughs> yeah. For for if my She's boyfriend was like, can you get in the car? We are going to be selling <laughs> magazines in the back of a van. Yeah. Has don't know many ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> will be like, okay, jump in. Has has your endeavors affected your marriage or maybe you have that question of I'm sorry I'm sorry if this is too much. Okay, you tell me. If you yeah, if it's too much, don't yeah. answer. But maybe there's a better way to phrase it. Has it gotten a point where you have had a, a conversation on maybe you um, should stop pursuing this endeavor? It has its trying moments. Uh, you know, that is, is a, you know, to be expected. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, you know it's, it's something which I've, not just her, but everybody else in, you know, in society, even my mom, for example, is this, are you, are you crazy? You know what I mean? Why are you joining opposition when you've seen everything that could ha happen to, to oppositionists and so on and so forth. But if you, if you thought this through, you know what you're pursuing is not something that brings society harm. Um, I, I think people come around uh, mm. and, and see your point of view. But yeah, of course it takes that persuasion uh, and that reasoning with them and you've got to be clear-eyed about it now, don't go and muddle-headed and saying oh you know with these fancy ideas that I want to be this that one one day and then find that everything then really doesn't quite work out but if you've if, um, if as I said you, you, you know what you want to pursue and accept that it's going to be a long hard road then it makes it easier not just for yourself but others to to come on board as well like, do you think your political career has affected your children's social life in any way? Like, perhaps their friends might think, oh, you are that person, you know, because given the image again of like... Why? Why would it... Like, hello, he's a badass among our generation. No, of course, of Yeah, course. they'll be like, oh but my like, God, your dad is so, Dr. So, Chi. So, so the reason why I ask this is because I think like when we had um, Minister Chan Chun Singh on board, right? Like on, on the show and then when we asked him like... He was sitting right here. Yeah, he was sitting on yeah, this seat. Yeah, that's because he's Chan Chun Singh. And when we asked his, him like um, how how has your kids been affected by your political career? And then he was just saying, oh yeah, sometimes his kids, um, friends would say, oh, my dad doesn't like you. Or like, uh, hey, your, your dad is this person, uh, oh, like this. You know? yeah. And so like, just want to see, I mean, I just want to ask like whether that's taken a toll on them like anyway. I, I, I don't think that is quite how they see things. Like. But I think it's also more like, you know, human nature is such that when you're little kids, remember when you put a camera in front of you, you guys would be, you know, dancing and just prancing around and just acting up in front of a camera, right? Mm. And you grow up, I don't know, some kind of, I don't know, maybe not you guys because you guys are doing this podcast in different category, different level. But, you know, they, they, you guys, you know, you want your privacy as well. You don't want to yeah. be says, hey, you know, I, I've see, I saw you on, on yeah. video, on TV, that kind of thing. And so it, it's that kind of more than how nature takes you know when you guys grow up you develop you just want a bit more 
you know, more, more self-conscious. Yeah. Right. So it's that, that kind of thing rather than, you know, them because of my involvement in, in, in politics that they don't want to be seen in public. I've dragged them onto stage. I think you saw a couple of no, pictures. No, but time. definitely. I mean, yeah. what a flex, right? I yeah. think he got interviewed by Pretty Please. You, mm-hmm. There was a podcast with New Narrative. Like, he meets yeah. all the cool people, like, you know? It's true. But Plus I don't know, you. man. If I saw Chan Chun Sin, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, oh, you're there, Chan Chun Sin. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Besides politics, you also started an F&B venture. Oh, yeah, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Thank I've you. been there. It was good. The food was good. <laughs> like, w- why? What was the, the sole purpose for you? I, I guess that's a masochist, masochistic uh, streak <laughs> yeah. in me. It's not enough punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just take on some more. Come on, come on. But I, I, I guess for me, well, you, you know, 10, 11 years ago, we actually talked about it within our party uh, oh. and wanted to start something like this. And, and the whole objective the rationale behind it now was that you open up a place like that people can come together mm. yeah. right and then you know how it is huh? when you're in a group you talk about things and then you end up talking some more and some more and before you know you end up talking more than you do it <laughs> so after a few years then you know I said you know okay like enough already. let me just start it first and then let's see how it goes from there but the idea is is that you know how your your pubs and cafes are places that there can be places now where 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 conversations start and then you, you have this kind of, of uh, a development you know where your space to talk about and that's how you know your Karl Marx's your George Bernard Shaw's yeah. Gloria Steinem's uh, all your philosophers and, and, and writers started from there even your JK Rowling right uh, all this in incubation places where ideas incubate and, and they start coming up so I don't know that, that's the the, 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 the idealistic side of me and I'm saying why not right and I've to ask people to come, come to the SDP's office everybody starts getting oh, really you know so <laughs> if I go there what do we the do right I look at you you look at me and what else yeah. but if you come to the cafe you sit you talk I saunter up how are you is everything okay we start talking and we, we may talk about more uh, um, issues, uh, uh, more serious issues, weighty issues. But then okay, we get just a very nice conversation about your children, what's going on, sports and everything. But that's what I'm talking about when people can come together and feel free that they can express their views and so on. And, and that's why, you know, the part of the, the, the whole, this um, uh, Sunday, we're going to have uh, um, an event where I, we invite Sealand Palais. I'm not sure he's been to prison too for his um, activist work as well. Um, and, and just we had a, a, another forum on censorship but at the same time I've had been able to organize say for example string quartet to ask them to come and play on a Sunday afternoon and that was just wonderful uh, you should had, totally document this eh? like if you have a podcast right, where whoever comes on the show at the yeah, campaign, they so, just meet with yeah. different but I just want people to, oh, to feel oops. free so that <laughs> okay, like, they may not feel that they, they want to be caught on camera yeah. I just wanted that free discussion yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. but how's, um, how's being an F&B owner Oh, is it? Fine, right? <laughs> it, it no. it's, you, you hear everything that's gone on, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's all intellectualized. Yeah, I know about it. But it's not until you do it yourself that you know. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. You know, that, that's... Uh, <laughs> Harder than politics. Uh. I think it was... Uh, yeah. What's Good his training, name? Uh, Anthony Bourdain. I think he, in his book, he said like, FMB is the worst mm. industry. It's the hardest. It's the toughest, longest hours and smallest margins. Yeah. Kitchen and Confidential. Yeah, kitchen, yeah, it was in Kitchen Confidential. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I, every time someone says, like, I'm going in FMB, I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, no, but the dark confit and the mesh yeah. is so good. 
Right. And I gotta say, like your dark coffee and mash is like yeah. very yummy. Business so, is good, right? I presume. I've, I've, I walked past a couple of times. It, I wanted to go crowded. in, but it's full. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, has, it has to go through stages. You've mm-hmm. got to go through a stage where people have to come, come to know you. And, and the one thing that I, I know that I don't want to do, and that's take uh, people that come in for granted and they come in, okay, like, we support you. But if your food is not up there, the quality of food, quality of service, mm, and right. it's not that we have not messed up, okay? But, you know, I just want to make sure that we don't take people for granted when they come in. You want to give them the best mm. uh, uh, for the money that they pay for. And that then kinds of, kind of uh, will, will establish you and then we move on from there. And you're expanding your operations, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm just trying to, f- to figure out where we're going right now. At any time of the day, I don't know whether I'm here or there. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is I'm just still standing and still smiling. And that's, so, that's no, there's more thing. than one outlet now, right? Oh, you have more? I went to the one at Rochester. Yes, there's a second one at oh, Marina Square. Nice. So I think that's where you are. Yeah. Mm, okay. Congrats. Yeah, it's great. I heard that you have like some social programs once in a while. You offer free meals to like the elderly. Yeah, and that's the other part of it that I also want to do. I mean, look, sometimes these people are just all invisible to us, right? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know you know the cleaners in there. I know because I see them before we open. They're outside mopping up the floor. And you go down to the refuse center where we at the end of the day, you know, I, I do this to my, my staff. Like, you bring down your trash and they're sitting there and that place is not your, your Chanel number Five, whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, uh, it's, it's, it's the oldest, is, yes. but they're sitting there and they're all in the 60s, 70s, 80s already. Mm-hmm. But we don't see them, you see. And you ask them to go, you know, they'll sit there with one piece of bread and they'll have it for lunch. But why should we go into a restaurant and enjoy the nice comforts, creature comforts of, you know, a nice meal and, and then they have to do what they're doing, toil and so on. So I decided to say, hey, look, I want them to experience, you know, to serve them as well. So, you That's know, nice. a couple of, and we're doing mm-hmm. again for this Christmas, I just wanted to bring our cardboard collectors, you know, just bring them up for, for lunch one of these days and make sure that, uh, that they see one side that they don't normally do. Mm-hmm. You talk about the cafe, like, you know, as a place to engage and to have conversations, like anecdotally as you're like engaging with like uh, the patrons, do you feel like the cafe is attracting a wide range of like, of people across the political spectrum or do you feel it's mostly yes. like supporters? Okay. Yes. I've had PAP members. Oh, coming. curious. Yeah. And let's yeah. just tell me that curious. I'm a PAP member. <laughs> you know what Requirely. I mean? Quietly. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Drop one decibel lower. <laughs> then I told them, yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, I'll tell <laughs> you. know, I'm not going to. You, know, you, you want a discount? Yeah. Is it? No way. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to sneeze in a fool now. And look, I, I said, anybody come, you, you know, we may be of different political persuasions, but it doesn't mean that we have to be mortal enemies, right? Yeah. Okay, we differ in our views. We come, we sit and talk. We may disagree, yeah. but can't we sit down and talk? And that's the point almost. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've extended my, my, my uh, um, invitation to our PP ministers to walk in. I'll be happy to serve them as well, you see. Yeah. I know that Mr. Chan, you spoke with Mr. Chan Chun Singh, right? We did. We did. He's, he's a minister for education. He's, mm. he's, his ministry of MOE is just right next to it. And yeah. he said, come in anytime, drop in for a cup of mm. coffee and I'll, mm. I'll make sure I serve you a nice cup of latte and mm. sit and chat. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's great. I think sometimes we tend to be very polarized. Yeah. 
mm. and it really does affect our ability to communicate civilly. Mm. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the recent parliamentary debate between Grace Fu and Jameis, mm. but I felt that there was a lot of hostility when there didn't actually need to be. Mm. So mm. imagine if there was a way for us to civilly sit down and be like, okay, what shall we fix it as? Instead of like, I'm trying to win you, you're trying to win me, I'm trying to win you, I'm trying to win me. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there is a, let's try and understand each other and find like a middle ground. It's like, I want to come and win this like, yeah. argument. But isn't, my problem with it is, I feel like politics seem to be designed that way all over the world. It's, I mean, I mean, I, I vote PAP lah. Huh? <laughs> so yeah. when, when it comes down to it, and you also could see, I mean, Oppositions always make, I mean, they do make good points and of course they are looking out for marginalized society and I, and I do see that. However, also we, we can also see for both sides that also there's that element of I need to win votes, right? I need to rile up, make them look stupid, right. make, me, make me seem like the more caring one. And this happens from all ends of the political spectrum on, oh, you mean you don't care about this, mm. you know? In which- Oh, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. And, and where I feel like, like this then, is the design of it, which how then, like at, at some point they sit down and let's say, I mean, the only way for this to work is for the ruling party to say, okay, you know, let, let's really just, let's just talk about this properly, right? But what I also feel is that in all fairness, the opposition parties will then take advantage of that to pull in votes because of the way this system is designed unless this safe speech but, is but that's that's what way. you said what politics is all about now but and, and it's so what we made it like th- uh, mm. cut and thrust of debate in parliament sure you go on at each other uh, in, in terms of winning the argument scoring points scoring and, and points, so on and so forth yeah. that's okay points, yeah. but what i'm saying is outside of parliament there's no necessity to destroy yeah. the person's life and this is what that's i meant true. when when i was going through it uh, um you know when when you your uh, uh, sued in, in, in uh, the court of law and so on and so forth it just affects your entire personal uh, life your family's life and so on and so forth and last time you had to go to prison and that kind of thing and I just didn't felt that, that was necessary that part that component of the side mm. of it uh, just you know it's not something that uh, um, needed was needed in, in a political a democratic system like just for some details I think like um, you you were sued to the point where I think like you owed um, Mr. Gochok Tong like $300,000 um, Mr. Lee Sen like $200,000 and then you had to go to jail was there any point in that time where you felt like I should just leave this all behind or did it actually drive you even further to like continue this pursuit it, it just it just made me even more resolute now, right. that I just felt that I just you know walking away it would meant that that you know PAP wins and a PAP wins is not that I lose the people lose mm. right and that was what just uh, um, drove me on it's just no uh, um, I will not uh, uh, leave this alone um, and, and, and difficult as it was at that time you just felt that you know at some point now, even if I didn't personally succeed you would have then it never comes back to zero you would have just you know gotten that level one up and then somebody else that comes along as, as much as you stand on the shoulders of that, those that came before you, mm. then you lay the groundwork for others to come as well. And in future, uh, um, you know, I don't know, generations if need be, then you get to that threshold where they just, uh, bring about meaningful change, mm. enduring change. So that was m- m- the way that I saw things and I just wanted to make sure that you, you, le- you leave a mark and, and uh, um, build up for the next generation. It's such a strange new world that for, for a very long time, the way that people would come after you is by attacking you financially, right? So they would sue you. Some, 
if if someone didn't like what you said, someone they would sue you into bankruptcy and then you end up owing them a lot of money and then you go to jail and when you go to jail then you can't run for elections. But now it's such a strange new world where you can easily pay it off with one crowdfunding campaign. So it's almost like that political tool that was utilized for so long has become a very blunt sword. Right. In fact, they can now call you down like what Lim Teen did, although I do not like him. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I don't like him. He, he can call... You like to come on this show, sir. Uh, yeah. I, I won't be here. No, man, I will not be here. I'm sorry, John. We are friends, <laughs> but not that close. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, it's become a very blunt sword. He managed to yeah. crowdfund and then the fact that he crowdfunds makes the news and then the news becomes positive because it's like, look at this yeah. guy. He raised 300,000. He rolled off the people. Mm. The people th- 100 days. And I'm like, shit. Kind of yeah, they, looking that for was, new ways. Yeah. Before that, I remember it was just tremendously difficult. It was almost like a death knell you know, politically, you know. Because even if you try to skirt, so I think what happened is someone made a police report Mm. against a certain minister and someone went up and said, in front of me is a police, I'm looking right now at a police report Mm. filed for this minister and and they won and the minister won the defamation suit against them. Because even though it was technically true, there was a piece of paper the implication that that minister was a criminal was enough to sue him into Close oblivion. to bankruptcy or, or oblivion. Let's just say I don't know right, the details. Right. Sorry, as 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 you were going through that whole process of like jail and like bankruptcy and whatnot and getting sued, right? Like, was there like a very clear silver lining? Were there any clear silver linings for you going through that period? Not that I could see at that point. You know, it probably was there. Like, you you just needed to to persevere and just work through. You know, and, and just know that you know, like good things, bad things come to an end as well. And I remember you, you when you said it, Jay, it's in 1997 when JB Jaranam got sued and oh, it was like 13 minutes. <laughs> 13 ministers actually got onto him. And, and it was Tang Liang Hong as well. Uh, uh, both of them <laughs> all got into it. more and more names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a, I didn't just mention any names. Just very like brief history yeah. lesson, I suppose. Yeah. But those were very trying times. I just remember we got together and was trying to raise funds for them but where do you go right mm. it's just not like you just put it out on, on, on social media and crowdfunding literally and asking just, friends and family yeah. so mm-hmm. I remember at that time that for all the travails that they, they had gone through and asking for trying to raise uh, funds and money you, you raise it talking in terms of hundreds of dollars when you actually know that uh, um, paying uh, damages and, and your legal costs would amount to hundreds of thousands of it dollars. It was hundreds of thousands. I think yeah. the, the, the suit was for a hundred thousand. Yeah, it was just right? tremendously like difficult. Yeah. It was crazy. Tremendously difficult. So, so like maybe after all of that had, had already happened, right? Like on a personal level, like was there like the earliest like something that you felt was a win for you with whatever cause you were advocating for? Yeah, and, and it didn't well, you know, it was that time when I just made the decision not to cooperate. Because the more you co- cooperated, the, the, you know, you were digging the hole deeper. Nah. They wanted you just to stay away from politics or political issues. Right. Uh, and so that you then, you, because you, you needed to raise funds. And to raise funds, then you have to spend all your time raising the money and then paying them off. And then what next? They sue you again. So I made a very conscious decision not to um, cooperate. I said, you want to make me a bankrupt? Fine. I'll remain a bankrupt. Um, but I just won't cooperate. I'm not going to pay you. I don't have the money to pay you. So I'm not going to. But then, you know, every quarter you have to produce your 
grocery bills and everything yeah. to make sure that you know um, you, you you are a cooperative bankrupt. And that's the yeah. Uh, and so I, I decided that I wasn't going to. And so you know, I, I said. Um, but then the one thing that you couldn't do is leave uh, mm-hmm. the country uh, because you had to apply for permission and so on. I decided, oh, fine, I, I, I won't leave. But then what about the conferences that I wanted to? So they, you know, then the technology came on, said we could do YouTube, you know. And then they saw that the, I, I don't know whether they, they saw the futility of it or not. But then, then after that, I said, look, uh, I'll. Um, going to pay you a very uh, reduced amount and that I think was to Lee Kuan Yew and Ko Chok Tong yeah. something of that yeah. that amount I, I forget the, the exact num- amount already but in any case then I said okay fine mm. you know, so it was a small amount uh, I paid on uh, uh, paid them and then after that thereafter I think there were a couple more lawsuits which came around and I didn't end up paying as well so that then that and that time that came that social media and things started to change um, so that the pushback was there. So what's the point right now, right? Of them, you know, uh, um, trying to sue, then you can very quickly, easily raise the funds on mm. uh, the media and then it, it's not as onerous now as yeah. it was before. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching this episode of the Daily Catch-Up Podcast. A massive thank you to Dr. Chi for joining us and also Jade for joining us. Thanks for having me. If you like this episode, make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. So as you can see, right, we um not... Wow, see. Chala already. So Dan has not hosted in a long time. Okay, I just want to it for everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.